This is the Rubin Report direct message for February 10th, 2021. And ladies and gentlemen, I am in a fan freaking tastic, amazing, super duper mood because right after this live stream, I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to the free state of Florida. I'm going to eat fresh fish. I'm going to sit on the beach. I am going to see other human beings, often with leathery, leathery tans. I am gonna do all that and so much more in the free state of Florida. I cannot wait. I'm going for 10 days. Uh, We taped a whole bunch of stuff in advance, so you're still gonna get some new interviews and some new panel shows and a bunch more, fear not. And by the way, next week, of course, is President's Week, and we will be re-releasing uh, some episodes that we've done that we're gonna put up some some bites to longer episodes that we've done uh, that were focused on some of the presidents of the past. So maybe you'll learn a little something about some of those guys like Lincoln and JFK and John Adams and more. Uh, so that'll be for next week. And I'm just very, very excited. And if you wanna see what I'll be doing, cause I'm really not gonna be on social media. If you wanna see what I'm gonna be doing in Florida, you know, wrestling, alligators and all that kind of stuff, uh, join me over at rubenreport.locals.com. I'll be hanging out over there from the beach and the rest of it. Uh, okay guys, before I get to it, and we've got a whole bunch of stories to roll through today, and I am gonna defend the honor of the great state of Florida before I head there. Uh, That's gonna be the first story. I wanna talk to you guys about Ancestry.com. You know, there are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with a family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great grandma as a little girl. Whatever you find, it's sure to change the whole way you look at your family history and yourself. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. With the ongoing pandemic, it's easy to feel disconnected from your loved ones, but researching your history is a fun activity the whole family can enjoy. And the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together. I've actually done Ancestry, and I also have a genealogist in my family who has traced uh, my family back on my mom's side to like the mid 1700s already. It's actually pretty amazing. Uh, Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but can also pinpoint the specific regions within them, giving you insightful geographic detail about your history, trace the paths of your recent ancestors, and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. Grab, excuse me, grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with with Ancestry's billions of records. Start exploring your family story today. Head to my URL at Ancestry.com slash Ruben to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, I wanna talk about Florida because I am heading to Florida and I don't know if you could tell, but I'm super excited, okay? We're still in some level of bizarro lockdown here. I don't know what's going on in California, uh, but Florida is a wonderful state led by a decent human being by the name of Ron DeSantis. There are people out there doing things, living life despite the pandemic. It's an incredible way of living life, not being in crippled fear at all moments. So I'm very, very excited to get there shortly. But uh, you know, I usually 
uh, hand it to CNN on this show, right? Almost every day at this point, I do something about CNN because CNN is not a news organization anymore. It's just, it's just an arm of the Democratic Party and, and it's just awful misinformation guised as information and blah, 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 you guys get it. I saw this clip uh, going around the Twitter uh, from MSNBC. This is on the Joe Scarborough show talking about Ron DeSantis and what's happening in Florida. And I really want you to listen to it and listen to the tone that they're using as they talk about what's happening in Florida. And then guess what, guys? I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm going to give you some facts using actual data to show you that these two people are idiots. Here we go. Obviously, Florida remains uh, a hot spot. Uh, The variant uh, looks like uh, it could spread very quickly around this state, and Mika uh, vaccinations continue to go at an unbelievably slow rate. Yeah, no, the, the vaccine process is, is painfully slow. I mean, there are people who are in categories who, you know, are definitely apply for it right now. Uh, like my mother, people eight, over the age of 70 who cannot get it. And then you see video of kids squashed together, screaming at each other. Probably drinking. I mean, this is just a nightmare. Well, I mean, that is a COVID nightmare. You, you talk about your mother. There's somebody who's 89 who has Parkinson's. And she can't get the vaccine. She hasn't been able to get a vaccine. Uh, <laughs> and we know a lot of people uh, who are in their mid to late 70s, 80s, who have underlying conditions in Florida can't get their vaccines either. Seriously, I, how hard uh, has this been? I know that. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, has been uh, stumbling around over the past year or so and has had some real problems, uh, especially as it's pertained to vaccines. But I don't think anybody would have expected him to foul it up as badly as he has. All right, Joe. So you don't think anyone would have expected Ron DeSantis to foul it up as badly as it has, leaving his state largely open in the midst of this whole thing. Now, notice What they did not give you there on the Joe Scarborough MSNBC program was any stats, right? In that whole thing there, they talk about very emotional things about her mother and okay, old people can't this and Joe, uh, Ron DeSantis must be a bad man and blah, 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 blah. So I thought, guys, maybe we'll give stats on the show today, facts and stats. And I have got a team of uh, people here who, who dive into the numbers. So we're gonna show some numbers right now. So first let's show the percentage of vaccinations administered to seniors. This is from Seniors First, okay? Florida is actually way ahead of everyone else in administering vaccines to seniors. As you can see right there, it's orange, way ahead of everyone else. So they are vaccinating the most amount of seniors. By the way, as we've talked about before, Florida has the second oldest population in the United States by state. So you would think their numbers would be tremendously higher because not only have they been open, but they also have this old population. And obviously older people are gonna have comorbidities and everything else. But not only are their numbers not as high, uh, but they've actually vaccinated uh, the most amount of people by percentage. But look at this next thing about deaths. Now, if you were listening to Joe Scarborough there, Ron DeSantis is killing an awful lot of people. They don't know what they're doing and everything else. Well, how about deaths per state by 100,000 people? This is from Statista, okay? This is using numbers and data. Well, it turns out that Florida is 26th in deaths per 100,000, meaning that they have 129 deaths per 100,000 people in the state. New Jersey 
and New York with Andrew Cuomo, who wrote the book on great leadership uh, during a pandemic. Uh, they, New, New Jersey and New York are one and two. And uh, in effect, Florida is about, well, it's a little less, little less than half of that. So per 100,000 people, Florida is 26th in the nation without doing all of the draconian lockdowns and everything else. So just to be clear, if you're watching, and this is what the problem is, guys. If, if your average blue-pilled friend, not that anyone's really watching MSNBC, but I know, but somebody is, and these clips go around and then people get brainwashed. If you watch that clip, they didn't give you any charts, they didn't give you any number, they didn't give you any statistics, they give you this overly emotional situation. Now, I hope that her mother, who's, who's 80, whatever, with Parkinson's, I hope she's able to get the vaccine. And, and I would wanna know more as to why she hasn't been able to get it, because it does seem like it's going pretty well in Florida. But notice, they didn't show you oh, here are the amount of people being vaccinated. Here is how it stacks up to the other states. And here are the amount of deaths that we've had in this state relative to everything else. Oh, and by the way, we kept people uh, job, we kept people uh, working and let them go to jobs and kept the state open and everything else. And it's just, it's just really dangerous what they're doing. Like they don't like Florida because Florida is Republican. It voted for the orange man with the crazy hair who they're doing the sham impeachment for now. They don't like that guy. And that's what they're doing. But it's important for you guys to see these things. And you know what, let's do this. Can we put the links to these two studies in the, uh, in the description? All right, we're gonna put the links to the two studies in this description so that if you have a family member who is someone that is brainwashed, that is watching MSNBC and watches that and just says to you, but Florida is the worst, it's the worst. Joe Scarborough said it, and that lady he's sitting next to. Well, then you can go, you know what? You're not gonna believe this. I have, I have a link here to some data. And I know data's racist, but you got a chance then. You got, you, maybe you got a chance. Uh, all right, guys, let me talk to you about Raycon. I've got the earbuds right here in my hand, people. I can't have them in my ear at the moment because I've got my little IFB there so I can hear the clips when we play them, but I've got the beautiful Raycon earbuds right here. As you know, as you guys know, uh, you know, once a year I like to go off the grid for the month of August, but as you can imagine, unplugging is easier said than done. And what about the other 11 months of the year? I still meet, need my time away from screens and devices. Fortunately, by putting in my new Raycon wireless earbuds, I have found a way to rest my eyes without missing the important content. I need to do my job and live my best life. Whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes, listening to the audiobook version of Don't Burn This Book, which I read myself, or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. These things are, are super, super clear. Like you will seriously be impressed. I was trying them this week and, and they really are great. Uh, they've got no dangling wires or stems. Raycons come in a range of stylish colors and are always comfortable and have an in-ear fit for a more discreet look. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat resistant construction. I am heading to the beach and I'll be bringing them with me. And Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. <clears throat> Raycon is offering 15% off their products for my listeners, and here's what you gotta do to get it. Go to 
buyraycon.com slash Ruben. That's it, you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. So feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon, that's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Ruben, buyraycon.com slash Ruben. And now back to me, I mean, seriously, look how tiny these things are. Like they're just tiny and they fit, you know what I mean? Like you always put these things in, they don't quite fit in the ear. These things actually fit. Uh, all right, let's shift to syrup, people, okay? Let's shift to high fructose corn syrup. Let's shift to Aunt Jemima. I don't wanna get canceled, I just said Aunt Jemima. Uh, you may remember that uh, over the last few months, we've, we've canceled a lot of TV shows, we've canceled a lot of products, the Land O'Lakes woman is no longer on there. Uh, and then we took out Aunt Jemima. Do we still have Uncle Ben or has Uncle Ben been taken out? We're, we're just taking out everybody in the name of tolerance. We're erasing history in the name of tolerance because that's what all good tolerant evolved societies do. Uh, well, you may remember a few months back, uh, they officially announced, the, the parent company of Aunt Jemima uh, announced that they were gonna get rid of Aunt Jemima. Uh, so they finally did. They got rid of Aunt Jemima and they released the new bottle with the new name, can we put that up there? So Aunt Jemima on the left, which everyone knows and loves, like everyone had that in their, in their cupboard as a kid and mom used to put that on your pancakes, Aunt Jemima, okay? Remember Aunt Jemima? Well, it is now the Pearl Milling Company. I don't know what Pearl Milling is. Pearl Milling sounds like someone's name. She might've been a racist for all we know, but we've eliminated Aunt Jemima. We have stopped racism. Things will be better now because we took out Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima, who was a, a former slave, by the way. Uh, and this is from NPR. So Green, that, so her last name was Green. Aunt Jemima was a former slave who moved to Chicago to work as a caretaker for a prominent white family. She was hired to portray a living version of the character at the 1893 World's Fair, according to her obituaries. She was later hired to play the role for her pancake company, her pancake company, until her death. NPR goes on, although the name Aunt Jemima is well known, Green is not. And one Chicago historian worries that removing the Aunt Jemima image could erase Green's legacy and the legacies of many black women who worked as caretakers and cooks for both white families and their own. So look, Aunt Jemima was based on a real person. She was a slave. She was a good woman, okay? There's no doubt about any of that. This was something that existed that no one in their right mind, no one of any rational sane thought was pouring Aunt Jemima pancake syrup onto their pancakes and doing it in the name of racism. No one didn't buy it because they were racist and they didn't want a black woman on their syrup bottle. We have done some very odd things with removing statues and destroying, uh, destroying names of products and eliminating characters in TV shows. You know, I mentioned uh, that Hulu now no longer shows an episode of The Golden Girls where, uh, God, it's, it's so stupid, it's, it's incredible, where Blanche and Rose are doing face masks, right? Women like to do face masks. They're doing like some sort of face mask and they come out and it appears that they're in blackface. And it's very funny because at the time, Dorothy, Dorothy's uh, son is about to marry a black woman. The whole episode is about people coming together and getting over racism and that there's more important uh, things that bring us together beyond our skin color. But they've decided to take that episode off Hulu. Um, do you think by removing that episode of the Golden Girls or 
getting rid of Aunt Jemima or taking out the Lando Lakes woman. Like, does anything seem better? Like literally anything. Is anyone benefiting by any of this? I think it's fairly obvious what the answer is. So I'm not gonna, you know, buy the pearl milling syrup. I, the thing is, by the way, that if I'm not mistaken, Aunt Jemima, the number one ingredient anyway was high fructose corn syrup, which you should probably just buy regular maple syrup, but that's no offense to Aunt Jemima. Tastes have changed over the, over the years. We've learned that different things are healthier or not. So I'm gonna go for the straight up Vermont maple, okay? That's me, but <laughs> it's just so stupid. Oh, I've got an update on Uncle Ben uh, in September of 2020, Uncle Ben's Rice changed its name to Ben's Original and removed the image of a smiling gray-haired black man from its packaging. <laughs> so we had Uncle Ben's Rice, then they just call it Ben's Original. But the important thing is we got rid of the old smiling black man because we're not racist. Those people were racist. Oh my God, it's so yeah, it, it, it's really, it's so mind-numbing. It's like, how is this happening in front of us? And I really think that the, the future of this country, if, if we are to continue in any sensible way, which I'm writing a book about right now, actually, if we are to continue, we basically are gonna have to have a parallel economy for like, it'll be the woke people can have their economy and they will have no names on anything and there will be no people on anything and they will destroy everything and that'll be it. And then there will be like a sane economy and the sane economy will allow for competition and a little bit of history and a little bit of ingenuity and fun and joking and all of that stuff. And you'll have to pick which side you wanna be on. So it'll be like a, it'll be almost like a digital civil war in a way, which in many ways is happening already, right? I mean, big tech has, has put their foot on so many people, conservative leaning, let's say, or just not woke, that we may be in a digital civil war already. So. Lordy, Lordy, what are you gonna do? Uh, guys, so one of the things that I really enjoyed about this week and that we absolutely are gonna continue and I, I checked all the responses and you guys were loving it too, is that I found this video of Ronald Reagan in 1975. This is about four years before he ran for president, but he was already wrapped up his term as a Republican governor of California. Yes, believe it or not, California once had Republican governors. And our recall now is 100,000 votes away, less actually, uh, in terms of recalling Gavin Newsom, and we've got till March 16th to do it. So I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. And I really do believe this, like as excited as I am to go to Florida today, like if we can recall Gavin Newsom, maybe that is the first domino that falls that starts knocking down everything else. That we can really get rid of politicians who do things for themselves and their own political interests rather than the people. This guy has ruined the state. He was the mayor of San Francisco, as you know, he ruined San Francisco, which is now an absolute nightmare. And now he moved on like a locust to ruining the state. So I think if we can get rid of him, it might show other people in other states, oh, you can actually get rid of these people using the democratic system. Wouldn't that be something? In any event, I, uh, I do cardio to these old interviews and I've, I've watched a whole bunch of stuff from, from Johnny Carson and I've been watching a lot of old Thomas Sowell videos and, and all this different stuff. But I found this, this interview of Ronald Reagan, as I said, between governor and what would eventually become his eight-year term as president, uh, talking to Johnny Carson about thinking about uh, running for president and what he felt was wrong in the country and everything else. So we played a couple of clips the last few days. Uh, now I'm gonna play about a two-minute clip 
uh, him talking about foreign policy. And I think it's it's actually pretty interesting. And uh, and as I said before, the, the Joe Scarborough clip that I just played, uh, listen to the tone. Just listen to the tone and the tenor uh, that which he talks with, like the, and also his body language and everything else. Just listen to this and think, man, could someone like this be president these days? And then we'll, we'll unpack it when we return. They took a poll of the American people the past week and I think 78% or something, around 75% were opposed to more military aid to uh, Vietnam and Cambodia and Southeast Asia in general. And yet the administration uh, was trying to tell the American people that a couple hundred million or $222 million would make some kind of difference or that the government might make it. And uh, how do you feel? Do you think that that is a, a lost cause in a way? I think people can see humanitarian, uh, you know, for children, hospitals, et cetera, medical supplies and food. But it seems that the public has just almost had it up with military involvement where we feel we are not directly threatened. Well, we, we are uh, fed up. We're war weary after a long and badly fought war. On the other hand, and this is one where I'll probably lose a lot of people because it isn't popular or political to say this uh, today. Uh, when we withdrew our troops, we made a ceasefire, a peace agreement. And it was based on uh, su supporting the non-communist forces in Indochina on a basis of one-for-one one replacement. Every bullet they expended a bullet to replace it. If the communists violated the ceasefire, mm -hmm. The communists have violated the ceasefire 72,000 times since it was instituted and we brought our men home. And I think for the United States to break its word, we're in that agreement. We pledged something. And the Congress is now saying that the United States reserves the right to just break its word and not, what other allies ever going to trust us? And I, um, there's no question that backed by Red China and the Soviet Union, the communist forces in Vietnam and Cambodia are on their way to take those over. They do, of course, Laos just automatically falls. Mm -hmm. Then they're on the edge of Indonesia, 140 million people, which comes within 14 miles at its nearest point of the Philippines. The domino theory is in Is that existence. still a viable theory, you think? And uh, yes, it is. And I, I could see the United States one day being very, very lonely. Now, it's a very funny thing that the same forces that want to cut our defense spending are the same ones that want to increase all these social services and this social tinkering and experimenting that hasn't worked. And every time it doesn't work, they just impose a more expensive <coughs> program on top of it. I think the American people, if they really look at all the facts, uh, yes, we want fiscal responsibility. But I think we also want a country that is strong enough at all times that we can say to any adventurous guys over there on the other side of the water, you better look twice, brother. Mm. Uh, before you start getting rough, that we can take care of ourselves. All right, so there's a bunch of stuff there. First, just again, the general tone and tenor and calmness and ability to communicate and be clear about what he thinks and why he thinks it, I just think is, is so different than what politicians have these days. And I, I made four bullet points uh, as I was listening to it originally. First off, his general position there is peace through strength, that you don't want to go to war, that's what he's saying at the end. You better think twice, right? Like basically you have a strong military so that you don't have to go to war. Like all these people that always say, okay, we have to just cut, 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 cut. 
the military, well, then the bad guys might be like, oh, look at those guys, let's get in there. So I'm not for nation building, I'm not for adventurous wars overseas. I would love to get us out of Afghanistan. I think one of the great things that Trump did was not get us into new wars. Uh, you know, Joe Biden did vote for the Iraq war. We're still sort of half in Iraq. Nobody exactly knows why, and really nobody knows why we're in Afghanistan at all. Um, so I, I, the idea of peace through strength, I, I totally agree on. And by the way, that, I wrote about that in my section on foreign policy and don't burn this book. Um, the one that I thought was particularly interesting was honor our commitments. What ally will trust us? I mean, that is deeply, deeply important that countries need to know that if the United States says something, we're gonna, we're gonna abide by it. Now, you may remember Obama's red line in Syria where if Assad used uh, chemical weapons that we were gonna do something and then they did and we didn't do anything. I was, you can find videos of me as a lefty on the Young Turks way back when, this is like seven years ago now, saying we should have nothing to do with Syria and, and Turkey and some of the other countries should maybe have something to do with it, but we can't always do everything for everybody. But once we set a, a line, I mean, it's like in your life, if your friends know you're a liar, then they're just not gonna listen to you anymore, right? So I thought what he said there, what ally will trust us? Then I thought generally he was there talking about, because obviously this was after Vietnam, uh, he was talking about fighting communism. You think that's relevant to, to everything that we've got going on there today, that we need to be proud of what the American democratic capitalist system is, and we should be exporting those ideas, not through weapons and bombs, but strengthening the, those ideas is obviously a good idea. Oh, and then he made a point to say that all the people that wanna, that wanna cut the military, that they love these social programs. And that is so true. And again, he's saying this in 75, so this is like 45 years ago, basically. And we know now that we're in a time where the entire government is based on, can we give more, 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 more? Can we artificially raise wages? Can we give all these things for free? We can't pay for any of it. It's so funny, in, in one of the other clips that I showed the other day, he talks about the deficits and the debt, and they're all just way worse. Like, we're a, we're a debtor nation at this point, and one day China might call in the debt. And it's a good thing that we've got some guns, because you know how the mafia operates when they call you, and they want the money that you owe them? Well, unless you got a bigger gun, you're in a lot of trouble. So in a weird way, our strong military is the one thing that keeps us safe right now, but that, that's a whole other topic. Anyway, I'm absolutely gonna continue to do these types of things. I'll find some things on YouTube, we'll, we'll chop them up a little bit, and just to give you a little bite that things used to be a little saner, and maybe we can get back to that sanity. Uh, but I wanna quickly do one more story for you, because I, I saw this, and it's like, I know I focus a lot on the United States here, but there are other countries in the world. There's at least four others. I, I did a little digging. At least four other countries. Uh, so in the UK, there's some crazy nonsense happening uh, with the schools right now. Uh, so this is from MSN. And uh, the names of Winston Churchill and J.K. Rowling will be removed from the houses at a secondary school after their views were branded intolerant by teenage students. Pupils at Seaford Head School in East Sussex stated that the wartime prime minister was responsible for torturing many, while the Harry Potter author was not suitable due to her words about the trans community. Parents were informed in a letter that houses honoring these figures would be renamed to ensure that they do not promote prejudice and new titles based on local topography would be put to a vote among the student body of 11 to 18 year olds. Okay, so uh, for my British audience out there, I'm so sorry that you're going through this and 
these people are fools and morons. First off, you cannot let a bunch of 11 to 18 year olds decide what is true and just and what you should be naming things and who is prejudiced and who is not. Uh, Winston Churchill, for those who forget, and I know people have a short memory these days, uh, he's the guy that stopped the Nazis, remember? You had that Neville Chamberlain guy, he was the prime minister before, and uh, basically was like, okay, Hitler, do what you gotta do, Hitler, we'll be okay, right? We, you won't do anything to us? And uh, that didn't quite work out. And then Winston Churchill went in and actually helped us stop the Nazis. Did Winston Churchill live a perfect life? He did not. I mean, there's many books you can read about this, or many movies you can watch. You can watch the first season of The Crown to see that he lived a very complex life and that absolutely was not perfect. Uh, there's several movies over the last couple of years about Winston Churchill, but he fought the Nazis. I thought we're supposed to be against Nazis. That would be pretty good. Oh, and this J.K. Rowling, who, you know, she did the Harry Potter thing, which apparently is popular with the young people. All she said was that there are biological differences between boys and girls. That's it. She's not anti-trans. She doesn't want trans people to be treated differently under the law. She doesn't want them to be subjected to bigotry or anything else. Uh, it's just not the case. But imagine what kind of adults let children decide what the names of the school should be or what the curriculum should be or anything else. We've allowed the inmates to run the asylum and clearly uh, this is not something that's just happening in America. Actually, there was one other story I wanted to cover today and maybe we'll get to it uh, when I get back. But even uh, French Prime Minister Macron is now saying that the United States college campuses are exporting this woke nonsense and now it's harming the institutions of France. So everywhere, that liberal democracies exist, wokeism is coming in and destroying them. It's happening in France, it's happening in the UK, it's happening all over the world, and we gotta fight it. And I hope you will continue to fight it with me. I have nothing better to do, and I suspect that you don't either. Uh, this Friday, guys, uh, we've got a big tech panel where we're gonna talk about censorship, specifically related to medical, the medical community, COVID and the law, and we're gonna have Dr. Drew, you guys all know Dr. Drew, we're gonna have Dr. Zubin Damania and Viva Fry, who is a lawyer. So two doctors and a lawyer, we're gonna talk about big tech, some of the legal ramifications, what's going on with COVID, what you can and can't say, hopefully we won't be demonetized or have my channel deleted. Uh, and by the way, part two of my interview with the fabulous Ayan Hirsi Ali is up on the YouTube right now. We just put it up this morning. And of course the full episode is already up at rubenreport.locals.com, absolutely ad free. And on that note, I'm going to pack my bathing suit and I'll see you in sunny Florida.